Welcome to another edition of the Grit Per, si- Grit per 60 podcast, the podcast with all of the chemistry of the Sedin Twins with none of the athletic ability. There you go. My, I am TC Connor Farrell. Uh, I'm joined by TCJ, also known as Brendan Farrell. From the Independent Alligator. The Independent Florida Alligator. Get, get it right. My bad. As opposed to the Independent Georgia Alligator. Uh, yes, yes. Our, our fierce rivals in the journalism industry to the north. Um, so, I guess today... It's been a while since we, uh, it's been a while since, uh, we did this. We're going to try to do it every week, but sometimes that doesn't always happen. It's probably going to be every other week. I don't know. My schedule's kind of crazy. Class is in session again. You know, there's volleyball mm-hmm. and stuff going on. Um, and I've got a full-time yeah. job, so, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're making it work. We are, we are two very busy people, but, uh. Thursday night's probably going to be our night that we're going to try to do this. Uh, unless, I don't know, it doesn't work for you, TC, but Thursday's probably going to be my best night moving forward. But anyway, you don't want to hear about our schedules. You want to hear us talk about hockey. Yes. So we got free agents. What happened, Brendan? Actually, you know what? We can start with the biggest news in hockey that has happened since we, oh, we, we've landed Yes, that uh, training camp. Has Ivan, Today oh. was the first day of training camp. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the exact moment when his heart breaks. <laughs> um, the people, wa- the go- people listening to the audio version will have no idea what just happened. Yeah. But <laughs> um, TC was about to launch into his uh, Flyers tirade, and I sat him down. He- very quickly, and it was. Well, I was beautiful. trying to. I was trying to bait the whole. Wierenski discussion and then switch it and put Provorov in there. Um, But that's cool too. We can talk about um, training camp. What is there to talk about training camp? It started. It's happening. I know the Flyers and the Islanders had a rookie game the other night that in Flyers fashion started 3-1 Flyers and ended 4-4 and they lost in shootout. So, you know, the kids are already playing like the big club. Um, uh, the big talk out of Sharks rookie camp was of this kid named the last name of Ivan Yuzhenkov. Again, another guy I'm pretty sure Doug Wilson just made up. Just I think. Made up. Yeah, but just um, looked in his his um, alphabet soup one day and decided, yeah, that's a player. I mean, we're talking about a farm system with two guys named Chekovich and Shimbalevsky that are picked in the same year. Like, you know, at some point you're just like, okay, this is this is a name of a name generator. Like, go back and look at the Sharks' last draft, last draft class. There's, like, a Spiridona. There's a Santeri Hataka. Like, these aren't real names. <laughs> it always reminds me of um, Harry Zolnerchuk because he had the nickname Scrabble. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Because uh, I was thinking about that when uh, Bardown did their, uh, like, one of the quizzes. They had, like, a Scrabble question because they're doing, like, names or something. And so it was, like um, – mm-hmm. It was like uh, name a player with uh, like the higher like the person who got the higher Scrabble total with the name uh, and would win. Oh, who would beat Zolnerchek? Uh, I don't know if I don't know if he's still playing, but uh, the guy who won guessed uh, Forsbacka Carlson just because it's just so many letters. 
Forrest Backa Carlson? Yeah, it's Forrest Backa Dash Carlson. I had no idea that was a person. That's a player? Yeah. yeah, he played for the Bruins, but I think he went back to Europe or something. I'll have to double check on that. But Anyway, we're not here to talk about names either. Um, but with the beginning of training camp, that means everyone has left the cottage finally. Uh, you know, cottage. they're starting to, there's more, there's more the movement. The cabin by the lake, get it right. I mean, Jen. we can go, we can go full Canadian, uh, and call it a camp. A camp? They call it a camp? Some areas. But, uh, but that means fun. with, uh, training camp opening up, more teams are trying to get their, uh, still unsigned players to, you know, report mm -hmm. for training camp, get them in, um. Because there's just generally the thought that if you miss most of training camp or all of it, you're going to be worse off. So, you know, that's when you start to see uh, either, like, leverage move to one side or the other. Like, the player really wants to start playing or the team really wants to have them in camp. So that's why you've seen some more signings lately. But we can talk about we – can, we can finally get TC excited and talk about his boy – Ivan Provorov, who, who just signed, like, literally, like, minutes before we started recording this. It was, um, like, 20 minutes. It was... Listen, yeah, I said, I, I said minutes. I said minutes. 20 minutes are minutes. Um, well, I mean, even 60 <laughs> minutes are minutes. How about this? If I, you want to use that. During God. my research for this episode, he signed a six-year, uh, $6.75 mm. per... Uh, deal with the Flyers. TC, as the Flyers guy, your thoughts? I I like it. Um, I mean, if he's going to be the future of the Flyers defense, I mean, that's kind of the money you're looking at, right? Like, if he's going to be the guy playing 22, 23 minutes a night, I mean, that's – I don't think – I don't think they are overpaying with that. Um, and I think, you know, the, the length is probably good. Um, with these young guys, though, you know, the back half of this deal as he develops and gets better is going to look better, particularly as the league makes more money and players demand more and more salary. Uh, I think it's probably better. And, you know, the alternative would have been sign him for a three-year deal at the end of which he'll probably ask for more. Uh, you know, just given the way he's played recently, if he continues that pace and gets better. Um, that's my takeaway from it. Uh, I saw a tweet that I really liked because um, I, I'm not an avid watcher of the Flyers. You know, I mean, I'm more of a West Coast hockey, get less sleep kind of guy. Yeah, um, get less sleep. That's the truth. I, yeah. Listen, I would love to watch Hawaii football, but I can't because they're – in Hawaii, they start at like one in if, the morning. So if they, yeah, if they play a home game at night, it's literally midnight when they start. I can't do that. Um, continue your thought. Yeah. So this is from Charlie O'Connor over uh, from over at the Athletic. Uh, he tweeted out uh, last season destroyed a logical narrative for Provorov, basically that his underwhelming underlying stats were driven by awful D partners. When he finally got a good partner in the second half of 2017-18, he excelled by the numbers, so it all made sense. Then last year happened. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of an interesting point, is that his first few years, he was uh, handicapped by having 
uh, Andrew McDonald a an almost literal anchor, a literal uh, defensive starfish. partner, an actual starfish. He was paired with an actual starfish on the blue line. Yes, that hurt his game a little bit. Um, but then he got paired with Ghost, and they had a magical second half of a season. And then I don't know what happened last year. Everything fell apart last season. So I don't really think last year counts, but that was the last year of his contract. So that's what he's going to be sort of evaluated on come contract time. And I still have dreams of reuniting Pro Robin Ghost and having a magical top pair. But uh, who knows? Yeah. Why is it weird? It'll be interesting to me uh, seeing how the Flyers use Provorov next year uh, because they have new coach Ali Vigno and his mm-hmm. Motley crew of uh, oh my. coaches that have been fired multiple times. It's like the all uh, boys club team that's your assistant coaching staff. I, I still have no idea what they're doing hiring. I don't want Mike Yo anywhere near my hockey team. What are you doing? I, he might be good in whatever role he has with this team, but I, I can't look at last season and be like, oh, yeah, that guy that had, you know, one of the most talented teams in hockey and they were bottom dwellers under his watch. Yeah, let's, let's, let's bring him in because, you know, he's got experience. No, no. Maybe he maybe he's got something that he's really good at that, the, that will show through in this coaching staff, but like – we not? Oh, and, and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, LaPerriere is still there as your good old Helen Hill touchdown. I thought they also, were giving him a different role. I'm pretty sure he's got a different role. I'm pretty sure oh, he's not a Helen Hill coach. Yeah. Uh, well, that should help. Um, and plus, yeah, you also got you got Michelle Tarion to, uh, you know, yeah. have that lethal one-two combination with Yo of coaches who were fired before their team won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I'm less worried about Tarion, though, for some reason. But anyway, to get back to the latest news in the hockey world, uh, right. I, I gave a seal at meh. Um, I think it's I good. Mean, you know, you'll see. I think Provorov can be a pretty good great. defenseman. But good. I do feel like he's been misused for a lot of his time in Philly, and that makes him a very difficult player to analyze. I'm waiting, for, right. them to, I'm waiting for them to stick him with uh, an aging Niskanen who is actually just bad. Um, so. Oh, yeah, and you also get to experience the wonders of uh, offensive black hole Justin Braun this year, too. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah. Maybe maybe Sam Moran is healthy and will replace him. I don't know. All right. Well, unfortunately for TC, we are not a Flyers podcast. We are an NHL podcast. But what um, if, so, hear me out. What if we were? I would be out of my depth. Um, but we're not. So we're going to keep this train moving. Uh, the other big deal of the day was Winnipeg Jets defenseman Joshua Morrissey getting an eight by six and a quarter million dollar deal. An extension. Uh, not I, even I, an RFA signing, an extension. Was it really? Yeah, he's there for the next nine years. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
See, I, what I was going to say was I thought this was a good deal by the Jets because they kind of had to because I still feel like, well, at least it felt like for like the entire summer, like half their team was still on RFA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like it. And it felt like they, well, it's because you know what happened? They lost a few pieces to free agency and didn't go and replace them. Yeah, but I mean, still, it just felt like, like I felt like I looked at the beginning of the summer and it was just like, RFA, 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 UFA, yeah, RFA, probably. UFA. Or like one year left and then an RFA or UFA. So. And they still have uh, Shifley and Connor to sign, I think. L- line right? A. Line A. Line a. Yeah, Shifley's locked up. Oh, good. Good for them. Yeah. No, he's probably getting um, underpaid at this point. But so good Morrissey, do you, do you like him? Do you like that, that uh, signing? I think it's it's a little weird to me. Um, it, it's weird. It's like this beginning of a trend of where like any decent player just gets like six, seven, eight years for like no reason, <laughs> just because like uh, yeah, I mean we like him, so we'll keep him, and we'll just kind of dictate to his demands, I guess. I don't know. I mean, do you really give your second pairing guy eight years? I don't know. Um, as far, I don't really know. I thought he was supposed to be like, like the guy. Yeah, because he's got uh, Bufflin in there. Uh, and they. Oh, well, the I guess no. Well, I guess I guess it could be the guy because because uh, Bufflin's right-handed and Morrissey's left-handed. But even then, if he's your top left-handed defenseman, I feel like you're you haven't done a great job of uh, stockpiling left-handed defense. Yeah, I just. I think he's probably, I mean, I like it just because I think he's probably the guy there. I mean, I just don't, I don't know that much about his game. I, when I heard the news, I, my initial reaction was that's, you know, just kind of, that's a lot of money for a player that seems, he doesn't really stand out, which I guess if you're, if you're a solid defenseman, you don't want to stand out uh, so much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause usually when you notice the defenseman, it's because somebody just beat him. Um, but it could, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible deal if they, if he is what Jets fans think he is. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I I mean, I haven't really even looked in, looked into the uh, Jets blue line all that much. So it's a little hard for me to say, oh, this was, this is a really great deal. This is a really bad deal. Um, Right. But certainly, certainly he's their best left-handed option. And so they're going to have to pay him as such. And, and I think when you're talking about the Jets, a lot of times the headlines are about their forwards, right? You got Line A, you got Connor, you got Shifley. Uh, those are just the guys I can think of off the top of my head because we've already mentioned them. It's okay. Uh, they're pretty top heavy this year. I don't blame you. Um, but, and you, you know, it used to be that penalty or power play was super deadly, right? Um, you don't really talk about their their back end that much. I mean, you got Dustin Bufflin, but you know, right? Yeah, no. I mean, because you know, uh, Dom over at the Athletic kind of brought it up this week uh, when he had the kind kind of um, hot take that Winnipeg is like I think he had him like 18th in the league. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't think but, I, you know, I have them somewhat middle of the road now. Um, but I think 18th is still kind of low. Like, yeah, here's a, probably a playoff team, right? 
Here's a here's a fun fact that will tell you just how far we've gone uh, in salary, or in terms of salary from last summer to this summer. Uh, John Gibson, who signed his mega deal last summer, is making just point is one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year more than uh, Josh Morrissey is right now. John Gibson signed for six point four. Morrissey signed for 6.25. Gibby. On one hand, player A, the best goalie in the league, player two, uh, a decent defenseman. Did you go go player A, then player two? Did I? Yeah, why not? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. Okay, if nothing else, if we accomplish nothing else with this project – can we start the free Gibby movement and the free Connor movement? Can we get that going? Just get them on teams that are, you know, NHL caliber teams, like teams that aren't just like, let's if we if you take Connor McDavid off the Oilers, they're an AHL team or whatever the West Coast um, equivalent is. I feel like I look at the Oilers and they're like the all uh, professional tryout team. Right. And you can say the same thing for Anaheim. Well, Kasha included, unless he gets traded to Carolina. Ooh, that's something I didn't think about. We can talk about that in a little bit. Kasha, you know, if you take Kasha and Gibson off that team, that's just a bunch of AHLers. I mean, I wouldn't go. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. But I mean, yeah, it's, it, those are they're not good teams. And McDavid and Gibson are on like eight-year, nine-year deals. We have to put up with this nonsense for another almost decade. Why? If, if the NFL can figure out how to put A.B. on the Patriots, surely the NHL can figure out a way to get Connor McDavid on a decent team. I mean, on a, they don't even have to be a playoff team now. Once they get one of these guys, they're automatically a playoff team. Like, it's just going to happen. Well, hey, now, if we learn anything from the 80s, is that step one is bankrupt the Edmonton owner. <laughs> and then step two is is practically sell Wayne Gretzky. Uh, but not to LA not to LA this time or Anaheim. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of those. Oh, that would well, you know, the way the NHL's going, one of them's gonna end up in the Metro somehow. <laughs> All of a sudden, after one year it's a Thunderdome again. It's just <laughs> well, I don't know what it is with these these metro teams are just yeah i think i think my uh i think my metro division predictions this year i'm just gonna put all the team names in a random number generator and go from there um Uh, we can i think that's that's an entire episode oh yeah we can do that some other time um other free agents you want to talk about warensky uh yeah we can bring that one up that's fine warensky Interesting. Three years, five mil, or well, fifteen mil overall. Yeah. Thoughts? Uh, well, first of all, for somehow the Blue Jackets didn't have to dedicate a serious amount of term. I'm a big fan of bridge deals, and um, yeah, I think I think it's a it's a it's a good deal for them. You know, Wierenski a solid defenseman. Uh, I think he gets maybe a little too much credit because he plays with Seth Jones. Uh, and I, I feel like uh, 
feel like he could benefit maybe from uh, maybe a little less usage and, and playing with somebody else for a little bit. Because uh, I feel like he is still he's very he's, he's a good defensive. I feel like he's a little out of his depth with the num with the minutes really? that uh, the Blue Jackets try to play with him. No, I, I like Zach Wierenski and, and I thought he held his own last year when Seth Jones was hurt, though. I mean, his his numbers aren't like that great. Um, I I think it's a good good deal for both ends. Um, the the thing that's I will say about this deal, although I think it's probably pretty good for both sides, I find it more likely that Wierenski is going to ask for more money at the end than, than it is that he'll ask for less at the end. You know what I mean? Like it's much more likely that he's going to earn more when you get this contract and his next contract together, he's going to earn more this way than he would if you had one long contract. And plus the, the funny way that the NHL works is unless your play really drops off by a lot is that once you've earned a reputation for being someone, you're solid. Oh, you know, oh, who's it, the guy that Vancouver signed? Why am I drawing a blank here? Defenseman. He got like five mil. Oh, uh, Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers. That's what that statement reminds me of. He's kind of the epitome of once the NHL, once the 200 hockey men decide you are good, you're good. He's he's like, I don't know, seven feet tall on skates and and he's physical. And the Blues just yeah, won the Stanley yeah. Cup because he's because, because they're physical. Therefore, Tyler Myers must be Tyler good. Must be good. Uh, um, yeah, do not lock 200 hockey men in a room. Getting back to Wierenski, I'm trying to put this in context of where the team is right now. Uh, do you – I mean, okay, so you would agree that they are probably not a playoff team right now. I would – yeah, I, I would say that – not because that they're bad. I feel like there are just other teams in the division that are better. Like, so, I mean, it's it's hard for me to look at the Blue Jackets uh, and you know them losing their two probably their two best players. Yeah, their two best players. And and saying yeah, they'll be they'll be just fine, you know. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is if you know if they're not a playoff team right now, are they are they rebuilding? Well, they can't uh, rebuild because they don't have any draft picks. They don't have any draft picks. Okay. So my, my point is they they don't – I don't – I personally don't think they need to – I'd have to look at the numbers, but I don't oh, well, think they – Sorry. I want to correct myself here. They still have their first for this year. Okay. So they can rebuild. They just don't have – they have five picks this year, and they have all theirs for next year except for the second rounder. It was okay. just that last year they had they, – I think they dealt like all of them but three of them. Mm. So what I was going to say is I don't think Columbus is necessarily up against the cap. I don't think they really need to save money now. Um, maybe if they can accrue some talent somehow, I don't know how. Um, if they draft if they draft super efficiently. Um, you're, you're basically saying the, uh, the Doug Wilson method of – uh, drafting random guys that turn out to be really good in the middle rounds and making ridiculous trades for superstars <laughs> for some reason that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, then maybe, you know, maybe they'll, they'll need to save money down the road, which I don't think this deal lends itself to doing. Um, 
I mean, it's only it's only five million dollars, really. I mean, right. Percentage of no, the capital, but it's, it's, it's five million dollars short term. If you think past that term, I mean, I'm I, I'm still on the. This is going to cost them more in the long run. I don't think saving them the money now is that beneficial, whereas saving the money later probably could be. I mean, that, that's a good point. Um, I don't know, it's, it'll be interesting to me once uh, his contract expires because it seems like nobody ever wants to stay in Columbus long term if you're not Rick Nash. Right. You know, like, right. it just seems like all the best players want to get in and get out. Uh, I don't know it's if that's like just a, the, I don't know if that's just an Artemi Panarin and Bobrovsky thing. Yeah, or, it's like the, the or like reverse, a Jeff Carter thing. It's like the reverse New York Florida thing. It's like yeah, everybody and, wants to go play in New York because it's New York, or in Florida because of income tax. But it's the opposite. Nobody wants to stay in Columbus because it's Columbus. Right. right yeah. But anyway, so. Those that was the Wierenski deal. Uh, a couple of the other ones I wanted to bring. You know, I had to bring this one up. Oh, I was about uh, to bring it up for you. <laughs> no, I have to. I get to introduce it. So okay. Um, uh, Joe Thorne finally uh, signed signed his one year deal with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, one year. Um, one year, two million dollars. Yeah, one year, two million dollars. I was thinking we need that video from. Um, Wolf of Wall Street, where he goes, we are not going anywhere, or whatever the thing is that always comes up every time there's a hurricane in Florida. We are mm, standing. Yeah. yeah. But it's Joe Thornton. Just yeah. Joe Thornton's <laughs> face edited onto the video. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, obviously, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, but is it two know, mil for a year? I mean, it's for the one year. So, yeah. I, you know, I saw this deal and I'm like, I, either either Doug Wilson is a genius or Joe Thornton is the most generous human being and just really loves to play hockey. Because if you're Joe Thornton, you can ask for double that easy, I think. Well, here's the thing is that uh, he's kind of finessed the Sharks a little bit in the past couple of years. What do you mean? Uh, well, it wasn't even really much of a finesse. Because it was just kind of extra money they had lying around, but in his last two one-year deals, he's made a combined thirteen million dollars. Yeah, you know, oh. and, and at this point, he, he's he's going after a cup, and with how cap, uh, how close the cap the Sharks are, you know, he wants to get a reasonable enough amount so that it doesn't look suspicious, um, while still also being able to field a competitive team. Like the Sharks still have enough room to make a move. Oh yeah, that's, but it's like if he if he was gonna do this deal where he gets, you know, he he's playing for nowhere near what he's worth. Do you think he could have made that decision a little bit earlier so the Sharks actually had some time to make some moves? Uh, yes and no. I feel like uh, the like Jumbo's plan was like a lot. Like last summer, like last summer, he didn't sign until after the whole Tavares saga, um, because he didn't want to take up space and then have the Sharks sign Tavares and then them go over the cap or whatever. And he, you know, the goal was that he would take whatever was left after that whole ordeal. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this summer, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I 
I don't know if he just thought that they were going to maybe make a trade before training camp opened. Uh, because last year, Eric Carlson, that, that Eric Carlson trade happened the day training camp opened, if, I, if I'm right. Yeah. So, all right. Who else we got? Well, I, I want to bring this up as, a, as an aside because I was looking at the Sharks cap friendly page. Okay. Uh, first of all, they have 2.6, roughly 2.7 million in cap space. Uh, and then I looked at their draft fix. I knew they had like none this year or this upcoming year. Uh, they have, uh, making sure that I'm counting right here. They have six draft picks and two are only originally theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Doug. Uh, good old, oh, good old Doug Wilson. Oh shit. It's Doug. It's Doug. That's one of my favorite GM quotes of all time. So good, old, good old Brian mean, Burke. I mean, then how much does it really matter where they finish this season if, over half of their picks belong to somebody else. Well, I mean, their second round pick, they, I don't know. That one's theirs. That one's theirs. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, they don't have their first. Yeah, so it's a little it's a little hard. It's just kind of at this point. It's copper. I don't care. Um, so, yeah, that happened. Um, oh, the other one I want to talk about was, was Jake Gardner going to the Carolina Hurricanes, which – I was surprised it took someone this long to sign Jake Gardner. Jake Gardner, yeah, because I think he got so much crap in Toronto. Like, yeah, I mean, I know, make- I know, the Leafs fans are the worst ever. Well, not the worst ever. I should be saying that as a Flyers fan. Um, th- they can be quite reactionary. Um, and it, yeah, I, he, I feel he, like Jake Gardner just got so much of that. You make two mistakes in two game sevens, and everyone labels you as a goat forever. But, but I mean, I mean, I mean, Jake Gardner's a solid defenseman. I mean, he's a solid number two guy. I don't. It, it, to me, it's weird that uh, Carolina signed him because I mean, their depth on the blue line is it's, it's. I mean, it's probably like second or third in the league behind San Jose and arguably Nashville. Yeah, I mean. It, Pretty, pretty good. I, I just, you know, Jake Gardner, I think, is pretty underrated as a player. Yeah, I think, and part of it is just that he just got so much crap in Toronto. That, um, you know, you kind of forget that Jake, hey, uh, Jake Gardner is good. Is there something, too, maybe that he can be mistake-prone? I mean, maybe, but That's I don't really I mean. feel like it's anything significantly more than the average player. I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way: if if he makes more boneheaded moves than the average player, it doesn't show up in the advanced stats. So that was going to be my my next question: was um, does this team have? Do they rely on their analytics department? Yeah, yeah, Big time. I would think so. so. You think maybe that they probably had something to do with that move? At, at least. The all of the advanced stats people I follow on Twitter are convinced of it. So there's that. But I mean, there's also uh, there's that thing going around that he's dealing with a little bit of an injury, like a lingering injury. I think it's like a back injury or something. So that might have been why uh, it took him a little longer to get signed. But I want to put it this way: the the Hurricanes signed 
a better defenseman than the Canucks did for <laughs> two million dollars fewer. Yeah, two million dollars less. Whatever. You know. What was, what was the um? What is Jake Gardner making on this new deal? It is a four by four point oh five. Well, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Exactly. Meanwhile. Uh, what are the Canucks paying him? Canucks are paying Tyler Myers a nice uh, chunk of change for five years, six million dollars a year for five years. You know, Carolina Hurricanes just saved you know two million dollars and got a better player. Listen, anytime you can rip on the Canucks cap management, you do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's Fair. like it's like the, you know the Oilers have a bunch of like bad players who are on like horrible contracts the canucks have a like i think a like fewer amount like fewer players under bad contracts with a big the bad contracts are so big humongous big. It's, it's like it's just like it's even worse it's like humongous big like again there's a good chance that, that, the, that the canucks can go over the cap with uh when they sign uh brock Besser. so that should be that should be fun to watch them do um I, I think um, they're up against it, and then their team will still suck. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Any any other free agents you want to talk about? Uh, this one's a little more obscure, so uh, if you don't have anything to say about it, I I I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I won't judge you for Intense, it. I missed it. Uh, so Jack Campbell of the Kings, the backup goalie to Jonathan Quick this past season, uh, former I think first round pick of the Dallas Stars. Uh, he got a two by three point three million dollar deal. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting for a few reasons. Uh, one, who, 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 who do you sign yeah. with? Uh, the Kings. Oh, it's like a yeah. RFA type thing. Yeah, okay. uh, and I thought it was interesting for a few reasons. Uh, one that um, you know, Campbell kind of came out of nowhere last year. Uh, I think I saw that he played like he has thirty eight career games and thirty one of them came last season or mm-hmm. sorry 20 27 of them came last year um no, no i'm sorry he's 27 i have it in my notes he's 27 years old he played 31 games last year i think he had 38 career games uh but he, he if he's third 27 years old and he's just starting to break through he is well seasoned yeah yeah um he did not go through the carter hart schedule of goalie <laughs> development he went. He he's on the uh, Alex Lyon schedule. Yeah, he's on the uh, he's on the Detroit prospect schedule. Oh. <laughs> um, but no, he got uh, two years, three point three million. I'm bringing him up because one, he played well last year. Um, in my notes, uh, as long as I'm reading my handwriting correctly, uh, he had nineteen point fifteen goals saved above average in just thirty one games last year. Uh, basically, he was better than Jonathan Quick last year by a wide margin. I was just and, about that. Wonder what do those numbers mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Jonathan Quick was well into the negatives. Um, but I thought one of the reasons one of the reasons why I thought it was interesting is that uh, they they might have to expose Campbell in the expansion draft. They'll have a problem with the upcoming expansion draft because they have Campbell and they also have uh, Cal Peterson in the minors. Uh, so that would I be, have no idea who this guy is. Yeah, well, he's a top goaltending prospect for the Kings. But, yeah, so that might get interesting with the way they handle uh, – you might have a Matt Murray 
uh, Mark Andre Fleury. Did you just kill problem. a fly? Just... I tried to at least. Oh, you missed. Yeah, but anyway, you might have a you might yeah. have a Matt Murray, Mark Andre Fleury situation Interesting. in L.A. Except in this case, the the player acting as Mark Andre Fleury is significantly worse. Well, yeah, Mark Andre Fleury was still a good goalie by the time he left. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Jonathan Quick was very not good last year. <laughs> People kind of forget about that, but he was very, but very. Brendan, how many wins did he have? Not that many because the Kings didn't win many games last well, year. Well, that's fair enough. I just think that is the goalie stat. He has, has two, cups, two cups, which means he's going to get in the Hall of Fame before Fleury does. I mean, Martin Jones has a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Martin. <laughs> By the Fleury way, was the wrong goal it is there. My apologies. By the way, I think by a goal saved above average, Sean Quick was still. I think if you work, look at it at all uh, all strengths and situations, I think John Quick was worse than Martin Jones in goal saved above average really? last year. Yeah, it was not good. Hmm. It was not a good year for uh, John Quick. But Brendan, where was Cal Pickard? Uh, probably not that high or that bad because he didn't play in that many games. Yeah. Because it's a it's a it's a sum or count sort of deal, not a not a per game sort of thing. Okay, so um, any what else do you want to talk about? I, I'm good. Uh, actually, I'll bring up one more. Okay, one, one more. Because uh, we're we're running on 37 minutes here, so it's a little little longer than I think we expected. But uh, Clayton Keller to Arizona for eight years. Oh yeah, seven point one five. Uh, to me, this is a, a big thumbs down. Big thumbs down. You don't like uh, Keller? I'm not a super big fan of players of his type where uh, like their value is just in whether they're scoring or not. Whether they're scoring. You might say, well, Brendan, he's a forward. That's his job, uh, in which I would counter with he's very not good at uh, defending and he's very not good at driving play. So, but, I mean – Okay, if but let me to play devil's advocate here for a second. They need guys that can just put the puck in the net, right? Who else is going to do that on that team? I mean, that's true, but also Clayton Keller wasn't even good at putting the puck in the back of the net last year. I thought that I was mean, the one thing he was good at. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was that was the one thing he's good at. And he wasn't even good at it last year. Like his big rookie okay. year, that was the one thing he was good at. And then last year so, he fell off. And so you're when you just say left he's with a mediocre that, player. When you say he's not that good at it, what was what what do you mean like so do you have anything yeah, to back that up? I, with? I, I, I'm pulling that up right now. So he had 65 points in 82 games in 2017-18, in which mm-hmm. he was labeled as the next up-and-coming thing uh, for the Coyotes. Next season, Who? uh he goes 14 goals down from 23 and only 33 assists down from 42 oh. uh, for a total of 47 points. His shooting percentage dipped from 10.8% to 7%. So, so uh, his, yeah. He became his, his shot got worse and his points went down. Yes. He went from. Who, was, who did he uh, play with last season? I mean, that is also a good point uh, in that pretty much everybody else but Clayton Keller got hurt for the Coyotes last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I guess I'll say they just brought in Phil Castle, who's another guy whose main thing is to put the puck in the net. 
Right. I mean, like that is true. So I, I don't know if you're going to put the two on the same line, but in getting bringing him in, they lost Galchenyuk, and Galchenyuk could be the guy that can play drive a bit and help Keller get his numbers up. Well, uh, Kessel is. I mean, I think he's a little bit better of a play driver than uh, than Keller, but in that Galchenyuk. Castle kind of swap. Uh, the Coyotes traded a guy who is not good at defense for a guy who is somehow even worse at defense. So they're not going to get better in that regard. So I, I feel like if they play um, Castle and Keller on the same line, they're just going to not play defense. Well, but aren't they both wingers? Can't you just get a can you get a two way center on there or something? Yeah, but there's only so much that two way center can do. Okay, so you defend with three guys. What's the worst that can happen? I'm, I'm you, just you saying. You stop them in the neutral zone, and it's not a problem. I'm just saying that. I feel you like, just don't let them get set up in camp in, the, in your defensive zone. You're good. Uh, I mean, okay, I mean, it's, it's easier said than done there. You would think if either of those guys were as good at, at forechecking, uh, they would maybe perform a little better in the defensive zone, you know? Uh, well. Their, their possession numbers be a little better because they're spending more time in the offensive zone, thus there are more shot yeah. times. Just give them offensive zone starts. Let someone else get the defensive zone starts. All right. Well, All right. I had that minor argument. Oh, wait, one more thing. One more thing that I did want to discuss because I thought it was hilarious was uh, that potential, like, Justin Falk, Andre Kasha swap. Yes. That, that, like, that's really all we really know about it. Yeah, we don't, um, I haven't heard anything else other than those two are involved. But basically, like, Justin Falk, probably not going to get an extension in Carolina. Uh, at least to me, I don't see why the Hurricanes would extend him. Because, um, they, I mean, they just have so many other options on the blue line. Uh, you know, I mean, the right-handed defensemen other than Falk are Dougie Hamilton, Brett Pesci, and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Like, that's a solid one, two, three on the right side. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, Justin Falk, I think arguably he isn't as good as people make it out to be, but fair. You know, I mean, he still has that reputation, so he's going to get a big deal on the market. Um, Which is why I don't understand why a team like the Anaheim Ducks, who are firmly rebuilding, like you don't buy out Corey Perry and you know kind of screw over your cap for a little bit. If you're not rebuilding, so that why then are you interested in a defenseman who's probably approaching the end of his prime? Yeah, no, that's fair. I and, I I just think it's hilarious because you know Bob Murray and his infinite wisdom is going to bring in this guy who you said isn't going to get an extension in in uh, Carolina. So uh, my only idea is that he's going to get an extension in Anaheim. I mean, they're not going to bring him in for a season to lose. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's like, what, what are you doing, man? Bob. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't get, and then plus you're giving up like one of your best young assets in Andre Kasha, who is like one Andre of the Western Kasha. conference. He's one of the Western conferences, like best held secrets. Oh yeah, he was probably like. If, up if we were playing fantasy this year, he would be one of my sleeper guys. 
I mean, he's probably up there as far as uh, good Ducks players go. I mean, I don't know if I would call him their I best mean, forward, but he's, he's pretty much up. I mean, who else is going to be their best forward? I mean, Ricard Raquel. Okay, fair. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just funny to me how quickly the Ducks have just like spiraled. Like they made the Western Conference Finals in 2017, and, and then they get swept by the Sharks the next year, and then they just completely collapse the next year. I I don't. I mean, it, it's incredible, really. And then they um, hired a former Oilers coach. Granted, granted, Eakins was good in the AHL last year, but that doesn't mean I can't joke about the Ducks in their unbelievable wisdom hiring a former Oilers coach. And the Ducks and the Oilers just get it together, guys. Get it, it together. The Pacific this year is just going to be like <laughs> Vegas, San Jose, Calgary, everybody else. Everybody else. It's going to be a mess. Don't, I don't count Arizona out. I think okay. they shared last year that they're capable. If they take another step forward, they're in the playoffs. I would leave them out of the playoffs right now, but we will get to that when we start making our divisional predictions. I'm thinking we'll probably do like two pods before the season sure. starts. One about sure. Western Conference teams, one about Eastern Conference teams. But there's water under the bridge at this point. Uh, season starts, I think, October 3rd. So we have some time. Yeah. But uh, I'm just happy that training camps have opened. Preseason I'm just glad the Flyers are away. on the West Coast. I can't wait for the Sharks to play Vegas' home opener. Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I can only – it's like uh, you know how there were – Saints fans wearing referee jerseys because of the whole pass interference thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be plenty of those in the stands in Vegas on October 3rd. It's Vegas, uh, baby. They should put on the back of them, like, blue a 3-1 series lead on there. But they probably Got won't. Because I would – yeah, anyway. All right. Well, I think that is all we have for this episode. Uh, if you got through all 46 minutes and 18 minutes, or sorry, 46 minutes and 18 seconds and counting, uh, thank you. Uh, please feel free to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at GritPer60Pod. We are on Spotify and iTunes. Just type in GritPer60 or Grit slash 60. It should pop right up. Uh, feel free to like give us a nice review on iTunes and everything. Uh, follow us on Spotify too. Uh, I don't think I'm forgetting any of these shameless plugs. Um, you know, between between this and uh, the two articles I've, I wrote today, I've been putting out some serious hashtag content lately. So uh, that's good stuff. But anyway, uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of Great First 60. Uh, hopefully you'll join us again next time. Thank you for watching and have a good one. Woo!